Hi, and welcome to this week's Three Legs, Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with... Dan. Chris. Lee. We've got another race to talk about this week. We do. It's race week. It's race week. Spain, which is That's... always uh, always the interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, mainly interesting because of it's really the start of upgrade season. Yeah. And uh, Scarbs, if you're listening, answer your tweets. Mm. The um, it, Since when's that been a thing as well? I noticed every single like sort of... Last output is it's like no 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 it the uh, whenever people are putting like tweets and stuff up they're like it's, it's race week, week. <laughs> that never used to be a thing no <laughs> I think I think that's probably because you get a lot of motor yeah. racing one general motor racing Twitter accounts yeah. that do NASCAR as well as Formula One and every week in NASCAR it's fucking race week right okay thirty yeah. six races in a season yeah that's where Formula One will be one day. I think it's uh, it's to keep the interest, isn't it? So that you don't. It's always on a Monday, isn't it? You always see like um, Ferrari or someone will post. It's race week. Well, we've got that a stupid uh, discussion about that. Would you like that? Would you like thirty Grand Prix? No, no, I don't think so. Why? I don't. I don't think it would be good for the sport. I don't think it's you'd good get for NASCAR. No, it's not. NASCAR's dying on its ass. Um, mm. I don't think that having thirty races in a season would be good for the sport. I, I think isn't NASCAR still America's biggest motor race in sport? Only because there's that many races. No, no, no. But popularity of like two hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, yeah. I don't think NASCAR is struggling at you do, all. You do, you do, at, you do at the big places like uh, Daytona and yeah. Talladega. No, but I, I don't. I don't think they're struggling at all. I think they're doing really well. I think yeah, in America, America, obviously. Yeah, I read something <laughs> that, that was uh, NASCAR. That basically, the, the racing is 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 dying. The the event's still an event. People mm. go and have barbecues and beers and enjoy it. And but I like that. I, I like the idea of these events where people just go and have a good time and stuff like that. You know, it's it's like it, a festival. It doesn't yeah. have a big a bigger motor race. That doesn't have to be an anorak event where everyone sits looking at timesheet timesheets. Mm. And the fact that it is so they're they're long. They're just ovals. It is the sort of thing you can check in and check out of, isn't it? <coughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, not my scene, but I can understand, as you say, like why I think so many I, people I'd like, like to go to one. Yeah, to yeah. experience it. Yeah, I think I think it's one. It's one of these things where it's probably better to be there than watching it on TV. Well, have you ever seen any of the pictures of people when they're right right up against the guardrail? The the cars go around. The fucking speed of them is unbelievable. Yeah, and they shake. The guardrail yeah, yeah. shaking ridiculously. Yeah. There was a really yeah. good one where there was a couple of people like with cameras and stuff like that. And when the cars went cars went around, it blew them over. <laughs> nice. And you can go to that airport in the Caribbean and do that. Can't I don't, you? don't like planes. That would uh, that would probably be. You, you can swim to that airport in the Caribbean and do that. <laughs> no, no, you can swim to that airport in Scotland that we were just looking at before we recorded. This Saint is Martin. really good. Yeah, that's, that's the that one in Caribbean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumbo jets landing. There's people hanging onto the fence, being blown horizontal. Not a lot to do in the Caribbean. No, <laughs> clearly not. <laughs> to be fair, they're on the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> so let's talk Formula One then. I I think we should. Um, but yeah, it's the start of upgrade season because we're heading into the European part of the season now. Mm. So all the teams are getting the uh, the upgrades ready. William, uh, along with Canada, which is honorary Europe. They yeah, speak, they speak French. It's a European language. Mm. Um, where was I? Yeah, Williams apparently have some exciting things coming to the car, according to George Russell, which I am calling PR bullshit on. I I'm, go faster stripes. <laughs> I'm not because I was digging into some autosport today, and they were. They we all dig autosport. That's yeah. why we're, what, we're recording this. Jesus podcast. Christ, Paul! What was that? That was the sound of the barrel being scraped. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, Autosport were explaining that the Williams team are, have, they had a backlog of things they had to do that they didn't get done before winter testing, essentially. And they've make, cleared, a le- make a legal car for starters. And they've, got, they've cleared the, the backlog of things and now they can start trying to bring updates through. So there's not, we're not going to see like a, a B-spec car, but there is going to be new bits come into the car. They're still going to be at the back, but it's the beginning. But they might only be two and a half seconds down. They might be only two and a half seconds, and everything the, everything that seems that they're going to try and bring through is going to be stuff that's transferable into 2020. Bloody needs it. Mm. Um, anyone seen any other teams with what they've got? Ferrari are bringing a, a big upgrade um, aerodynamically, but it might... It might help them for this part of the season. Force India. But do you remember when we were talking about, uh, somebody was saying about that they maybe have designed themselves into a corner? Ferrari. Yeah, if they this could be their, their upgrade for well, the rest of the season. Well, the big, <laughs> the big problem for Ferrari is this whole not being able to turn tyres on, isn't it? You know, it's, that's what they need to get sorted out. It's the same with Renault and um, Haas. I saw a... a um, an article. It was a BBC article. I think Julian Palmer, your favourite um, Formula One pundit yep. at the moment, saying that, talk about it. saying that Renault have the ninth fastest car going into Barcelona, which is surprising because um, they looked like up there with the fo- with the fourth fastest car. Yeah, he said Bef- there are only three tenths between fourth mm. fastest and ninth fastest, which is a close close pack. Um, but yeah, aside from Williams, Renault are going into Barcelona the slowest team I think Ren are in trouble I think they are and I don't think they should be but they are no they shouldn't because they're, they're spending big money as well they're spending big team money I think they've, they've got just, they've got about the highest budget on the grid haven't they and the big year. team person I think they've spent more money than anyone else for this year in yeah. comparison to what they were spending the year before mm. I, don't, I don't know what they what they actually ended up with but when they first came back into Formula 1 they had like a, what was it their, their far, four year plan or something like that with a budget of like 800 million was their isn't it podiums this year? It was supposed to be podiums. It was supposed to be top top four this year. Podiums next year. World Championships in twenty twenty one. That was their that was their plan, I think. Right. Okay. So Alonso back to Renault for twenty twenty. <laughs> Alonso back to Ferrari for twenty twenty. <laughs> or McLaren. Or Williams. Or no, because because McLaren won't be in a position to win a world championship in twenty twenty. No. Now nah, Fernando might claim there will be with him in the car. And that's why they're that's why they're softening up uh, Charles Leclerc to be a really really good number two. <laughs> <laughs> you think Vettel's bad? Wait and see who you got lined up next. <laughs> I mean, what what we are what we could be looking at this weekend as well is the uh, last Barcelona Grand Prix for the foreseeable future. Allegedly, yeah, there is a there's a number of um, circuits that are still under contract for this year, which don't have contracts for next year. Now we saw the kerfuffle last week with the British Grand Prix, with Joe yeah. Saywood saying that they had a contract agreed for a three year deal. Mm-hmm. Yep, Silverstone then saying it was fake news, then deleting the fake news tweet and said um, incorrect speculation. Yeah. Uh, so, so which Joe, Joe Saywood didn't retract his article, but put out an extra short statement saying that he believes it must be very close to being done and they can't officially announce it mm. yet. While all this was going on this time last week, just to let everybody into the workings of how this podcast works, I was sat there refreshing Twitter with a microphone and the recording software in front of me, ready to do a drop-in. Just in case. Just in case. Because do you realise we don't news. do this live? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but it was it was on a Tuesday, wasn't it? <laughs> Tuesday morning, yeah, this yeah. all happened. And our podcasts have never been late and ever the, at all. <laughs> and then the news broke. Well, I think the the first news that broke was part of the Silverstone thing was that we were expecting a deal with Monza, and that's come through now. Which at the time it was agreed in principle till twenty twenty four. Yeah, is it twenty twenty four? It's an extra. I thought it was an extra three oh. years. I might be. I might have that wrong. Depending on the source, it's either three years or five years. But yeah. Anyway, new contract for Monza. So Monza will have the Italian Grand Prix for the mm-hmm. foreseeable future. So that's been locked in. Uh, as much as we love Imola, it doesn't look like there's going to be a race there unless they bring back some sort of San Marino mm-hmm. Grand Prix. Um, for now, at least. Um, and they they are they have plowed a lot of money into Imola. But yeah, as you were saying about Barcelona. There's a possibility that Zandvoort could be in line to replace Barcelona for 2020. Mm. Now, according to uh, according to what Charlie Whiting said at the end of last year, I think it was around about October, the circuit itself, the track, is ready and is F1 compliant. I remember us talking about It's the this. paddock that isn't. Yeah, it's the, the main problem is the other facilities that mm. are there that will need a hell of a lot of work between now and, well, probably this time next year if it's going to be replacing Barcelona on the calendar. But that's just... General construction, isn't it? Buildings are built all the time. Yeah, it's construction and, and making space mm. where there isn't any at the moment. No, but yeah, but that's you. If the circuit's ready for Formula One, that must be the hardest thing to do. You know, to get to get a circuit up to safety standards for Formula One. The idea of building new garages and new hospitality areas seems like just building buildings. Did you see any of the W series on uh, on Saturday? No, I missed Hock- it. Hockenheim's a complete building site at the moment inside yeah. the track. Ho- Hockenheim was a building site when I was there when they were using it. <laughs> <laughs> that that had the worst facilities of any Formula One circuit I've ever been to. Yeah, yeah. it looks like they're building a lot of new Terrible. VIP units, so yeah. your your average punter still won't benefit exactly. from yeah. what they're doing. Not yeah. at all. I love this. The I found out the the other day that your um, F one going back to the fans, you know, and fan access and stuff like that. Would you like to know what the Silverstone fan access is? Go on. Expensive. You too can have a uh, can watch the race the in, band. The w- in the wing. Yeah, you, you too can. Yeah, we can't. With with Jensen Button walking around, so obviously I was interested in how much the price is for this. A tiny, tiny snip at two thousand pounds a ticket. Yeah, so patrons, access, if yeah. you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Seriously, it's not giving back to no. the fans. No, so of course, Zandvoort is 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 being talked about as a potential Formula One um, venue b- purely because of the Max Verstappen factor and the fact that you get an orange army at pretty much mm. every European Grand Prix now. Sometimes further afield. As Look well. what Alonso did to Spanish Grand Prix, exactly, and the yeah, fact we had yeah. extra one. Yeah, we had two in Spain for a while. Then we just purely because Alonso. Did anybody see what's happened to that circuit now? There the Valencia of it. It it looks like something out of nineteen eighty four. Valencia, it's crazy. Yeah, no, yeah, no yeah. one's touched it for seven years. Like, like that. no, but nobody, not even a human no. foot has been there. No, 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 no. And bearing in mind that was a street circuit, and they, they were running half past of it. what mm. was open shops. It's now a complete ghost town. No, half yeah. of it was uh, was mm. street circuit. The, the street part of it's still street, but the the, the bit that they specifically built round the harbour mm. for racing is now nothing. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, I think they had the whole idea of the. Kind of like a, a Abu Dhabi type idea, wasn't it? Where they build the circuit and then build the city around it. And you, mean, then, you mean Korea? No, no Abu Dhabi. They they built the they built all the stuff that's around that around the circuit, didn't they? Oh, I, th- I thought that I thought the majority of the sort of Yas Marina area was there and they put the circuit into it. No, no, the, no. The, he the, made yeah, yeah, the guy. Oh, who, right, it's yeah, purpose yeah. built. But um, it's, Cor- it's landlocked. But Korea Korea was going to be yeah. like that, mm-hmm. and they ran out of money and never yeah, built the town. Yeah. 
which is why everyone hated going there because there was nothing for four hours either way. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. So obviously, Zandvoort is the Max Verstappen factor, but um, another another circuit that that's under threat for twenty twenty is the Mexican Grand Prix. So there's some rumours that the Canadian Grand Prix could be shifted to the back end of the calendar for next year. It would make lots in of place sense. of the Mexican Grand Prix. <laughs> Were we not saying last week that they can only have the Canadian Grand Prix at this time of year because of the snow but that and was the rain? You were speculation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but bearing in mind, after watching the WEC at the weekend, which got red flagged. 10 minutes from the finish because of a blizzard I don't think it matters anymore so you look- Spa is its own weather, for, weather for, yeah. uh, sort of system so you'll be looking at a potential October Canadian Grand Prix mm-hmm. because the possibility still remains that Zandvoort and Barcelona will be on the circuit, on the calendar for next year next to each other but don't forget they can have up to 25 races mm. which that is the current agreement which the teams are, have all signed up to until the next Concord agreement comes in in 2021 mm. Um, because at the same time as the talk about Silverstone was the second British race and having a street race somewhere in London, not in the centre, but around the XL centre, which is where the Formula E race is going to take place next yep. year. And mm. it's only been a couple of weeks since we were talking about there being two Chinese Grand Prix. I do not believe that. He must be listening to us. I've just got a tweet off Scarbs. He's on in two weeks. Good man. <laughs> well, hey. Thanks very much, Scarbs. <laughs> we'll see you in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Seriously, he could not have timed that better. <laughs> so, where were we? So, yeah. Um, we were in London and we were in China. Yeah, do you remember a couple of weeks ago, just after the Chinese Grand Prix, there was speculation that they wanted a Chinese street circuit as well. I don't know. I, I don't know how many. This is all to me. It's just like business bartering. Um, you know, you know, like you do in business before deals are done. You put out a little bit just to see how well it's reacted yeah. and sort of see, well, let's see how they how they react if we say this much. Um, let's see how Vietnam react if we mm. say that China are getting a street circuit. Exactly, yeah. Well, Vietnam is essentially, it's heavily penciled in, isn't it? It's mm. not it's not in stone, but it's it's there ready it's to hap- go. That is going to happen. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. as going to happen as New Jersey was. I, I think that, that circuit's been given a bad rap as well. I watched the virtual onboard with it with um, Anthony Davis talk, Davidson talking about it. With, through Hanoi? He, uh, what? The street circuit in yes. Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And... Um, he seemed to think that there was more, more overtaken opportunities there than people were were giving it credit for. Yeah. Uh, the The only thing that I thought was a bit funny about it was there's a straight there that's so long, and like the sim car was at full throttle for so long, it just looks like it's going to be another. <laughs> yeah, but no, another Azerbaijan. Yeah, but it's going to be another. If you've got DRS, it's just a slam dunk for a pass. Yeah. I'm, I'm really starting to get bored of DRS. Really getting bored, uh, and of the it. long straights like in China, Baku, yeah. and you know if Hanoi does go ahead next year, mm. um, be interested to see where that sits in the calendar as well. Um, to the Hanoi race, we could have, for all intents and purposes, by maybe not next year, but the year after, a completely different calendar to the one we've got now. Yeah, which let, let's, it makes sense to have a European season, an Asian season, and an American season. Yeah, but mm. I was saying what like a few weeks ago that it would make to, to go around the world to cut it's the costs cool. start in Australia go Japan China go you know it'd be a bit weird having Japan at this end of the of the season but yeah but it was a bit weird having Australia at this end of the season because it used to be the season closer exactly yeah. yeah so Australia Japan China you know and then move to the Middle East Abu Dhabi Bahrain Baku 
you know, Europe, <clears throat> and then and then go and then go that way through you know European season, and then on to the Americas last. It the, makes the sense only issue, that way. The only issue you're going to have with that is Abu Dhabi turn around and saying, "No, we want the last race," which is why they, here is another billion dollars. Yeah, Abu, Abu Dhabi are paying an absolute fortune to get yeah. the last race of the season. Yeah, mm-hmm. there is that. You know, in in the same way that Australia mm-hmm. are probably paying over the odds to get the season opener. Yeah. Apart from that year where Bahrain opened the the season, yeah, but it was a bit strange that year, wasn't it? Yeah, but mm. um, Commonwealth Games in the way. Yeah, but wasn't it strange just when they uh, decided to make it a night race so you couldn't see the protesters outside? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a year it didn't happen as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there is that. I mean, I think I think twenty five is probably the maximum. I don't know. That you can have. Um, I, mean, I mean, it's not because other things have longer seasons. So Yeah, but it's costs, isn't it? And, you know, the I mean, the Formula you... One, I'm wanting to put a cost cap on because there's going to be a lot more standardised parts coming mm. in from either next year or 2021. Yeah. You're already limited on power unit components exactly that you can use. That's exactly my argument. Yeah. yeah. How can you limit all these? Here, here's an yeah, extra... but you're, you're talking about extra races, like extra races won't bring in extra revenue. Yeah, but here's an extra six... Well, here's an extra six races to the calendar or five races to the calendar uh oh and you've only got you got one extra part to use but what if what if standardizing parts brings the cost down and extra races well then they need to do that and bring and extra races bring more revenue in and that's the way to make it sustainable well then they need to do that first they need to standardize the parts first before they start thinking about extra races. Yeah, you're probably right. But um, because but this, it, I'm telling you now, if this carries on as as, as it is, if they if they if they, if they announce it as like 24 races next year, Williams won't be there. Not a chance. They can't afford 24. They can't afford 20 at the moment. I mean, as, as things stand, if they're gonna if they're gonna bump it up to 25 races by next year, they're gonna they're gonna have to increase the number of engine components that are available, mm. purely and simply because next year's engines are already being worked on. Yeah, and they've got to make engines that last an extra one or two races. Well, yep. they would have needed to start that development work maybe three or four months ago. Exactly. So you know, we're not saying that there are definitely going to be more races next year, but it's starting to look quite crowded in there calendar mm. do you think do you think this is going to be the the problem for formula one i'm going to try and get out what i'm trying to say here it might not work will go very well but when you look at what's successful in the world as a whole where the things that are actually still making the money are like big mega corporations and the like smaller smaller companies are all fall, fallen by the wayside as we live under these big bubbles which is going to end up in as living a dystopian future where we live in like the Apple City or the Microsoft City. <laughs> we know which one you already live in. But, uh, absolutely. Um, but do you think Formula One's going to come into this issue as well because of um, with everything being so bespoke in the sport, for it to carry on, do we have to lose some of that bespokeness in the long term? Mm. Do, do you know what I mean? Are, are we? Are, is the global economy becoming a thing <coughs> where... If this is going to be unsustainable, I think Formula One is making itself unsustainable by adding all these extra races in. It originally it was stick to twenty races, wasn't it? Season no more than twenty. Mm. Then a couple of seasons ago, it's twenty-one. Yeah, see, I disagree with that. Bringing more races in will will stop will cost the teams more. I think the 
the idea of more races is to create more revenue. So if they create more revenue, the team should get more money. Then they need to change the rules first because yeah. they're spending that money now for next year. Mm-hmm. And they won't get next year's money until the year after that. Well, that's the way, and maybe, that could be too late, as I well, say, for a team like Williams. Way, maybe that's not the way they should be doing things. No, that's and what I'm saying. You should be paid at the end of the year, like as soon as your job's finished, you get paid for it. Instead, TV money, in, or even at the end of every race. Yeah. Instead of working a year in hand, which is effectively what happens. Yeah, yeah. Although Ferrari are still being paid from 1955. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean. But, I mean, let's let's throw it out there. Let us know what you think about expanding the calendar and if it's a good idea or a bad idea. We haven't had um, we haven't had a mailbag for a while, so let us know your thoughts. Um, drop us an email: three legs four wheels at gmail dot com. Tweet us at three legs four wheels, yeah. and um, you know, we'll... yeah, I I would love there to be more races to watch, yeah. but. I realise that that doesn't come without certain extra costs to the sport. What would you take? Because uh, this is the thing: if if you do add more races to the calendar, I think it would have. To, let Let's say, for instance, let's go. How many races did you say NASCAR had? Thirty six. Right. Well, let's go thirty. All of a sudden, the, the Formula One calendar uh, calendar is pushed up to thirty races. I don't think you can add more races and keep the format the same as it is. I think you need you'd need to do something that was more exciting to keep people invested in the product you're making. Yeah. Um, and I think you might have to go down the the area of maybe two sprint races over a weekend rather than the the long uh, the long Formula One race. You, you might need to go down the road of sprint teams need to do twenty out of the thirty races mm-hmm. and can do a maximum of. 22 something like yeah. that don't don't forget though with nascar and formula one you are talking about a completely different beast because nascar all right there's different manufacturers in there spec series but there's only three but it's mainly yeah. a spec series and the cars don't cost well, anywhere that, near as much but that's what i was saying before do you think formula one can be competitive in the way it is that's the thing because formula one has always been a prototype formula yeah it's it's never been one single specification yeah and but, it's, but it's not the road relevant formula anymore. Formula E is the road relevant formula. So for formula for Formula One to to survive and thrive, it needs to become an entertainment entity. I think it needs to decide what it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it can be. Well, we want it to be road relevant. Well, unless and, and it, prototype and. Entertaining. But when you look at the deal Formula E's got, unless it wants to merge with Formula E, which I imagine it would fucking not. Um, Formula One can't go electric. No, well, it, it, so if if they until twenty thirty, is it? Yeah, yeah about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, which I think Formula One, the way it's going and the way technology's going, will look completely antiquated by the time that that deals up. So Formula One has to change to do something else. You could always make, um, as some car manufacturers are doing now, so what I was going to say about the road relevance just before, uh, it could always make the it could remain hybrid, but make the petrol engine smaller and the electric um, electric motors bigger mm-hmm. um, so that you end up with like a very tiny petrol motor with only a few kilograms of fuel in it, yep. powering the motor that, you know, that's it's still be, a hybrid, inter- it's not I'd a full inter- electric series. I'd be interested to know that how, how close they can get to electric engines before they become electric engines. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I see I see Formula One's future becoming more like IndyCar than for what we consider Formula One. Yeah. I think it, it has to do that 
Too, so too that's live. the big argument, though, isn't it? As Darren was saying, about has to decide what it is first mm. before. I also, but I tell you what, if the, if the racing was good, and the cars looked good, and um, you kept the names of the drivers, you know, like the global recognised names and the and the glitz and glamour of Formula One, I don't think people would give a fuck. I think that I think all the thoughts of active suspension would be fucking out the window because every Saturday they could sit down and watch a really good product. I think there would be some people complaining that it wasn't proper Formula One and still, oh, watch and they it. should should go back to how it was in the yeah yeah oh yeah in twenty eighteen. But that's yeah. going to happen any any yeah. time there's change. And the funny thing is, is these people that like do the complaint like you know like the halo people for instance yeah, yeah. Matt, look at all the, all the listeners C- completely that we lost. ruined f1 yeah 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 all the yeah. listeners we lost because of the uh you know they were never going to get interested in formula one after the halo went on again yeah com- completely ruined the sport i couldn't imagine what this year's cars would look like without one it's just a part of the car now <sighs> i think the ferrari looks quite cool with it to yeah. be fair <laughs> The cars that black out the halo, in all fairness, not the ones that pay too much attention. The cars that black mm. them out, like the Ferrari and McLaren, yeah. they look better than the ones that, that sort of try and streamline it in with mm. the colour of the car, I think. But again, it's, I'm not complaining about the halo. It's do, fine. It's it's a bit odd at Do you first, think we'll still but, have halos in the 2021 rules, or do you think that's when they're going to bring like an aero screen or something? Well, um, IndyCar are trying something different in the Indy 500 this mm. year. Um, the deflection device. It's not. It's not a full halo. It's something. It's something that sits. Not seen a clear photo of it yet. They, they haven't released too many, but it's something that sits in the middle of the nose, just in front of the driver, mm. to deflect any objects away. It's, it's kind of a, um, a V shape, an arrow arrowhead shape, to deflect any debris away from the cockpit area. Don't know how well that'll work. Does that's, that not destroy that their like, visibility? Yeah, but that sounds more like it. That it's for cars riding on the top of cars do you know what I mean mm. maybe the maybe the well IndyCar have different crashes to Formula yeah. 1 cars yeah we've yeah. seen we've seen a lot though haven't we in IndyCar yeah. where cars ride on top of other cars Isn't yeah how Dan Weldon wheels died? are the one aren't no, they he, um, he, got hit, he got hit by debris yeah Somebody that somebody was it, I can't remember who it was. Somebody died by having the car on top of another car. Mm. Was it Dan Weldon that went into the catch fence that went into the fence really badly? Um, I think he did. Didn't oh no, he? sorry, it was Dan Weldon that went into the catch fence. Yeah. It was um, Justin Wilson. Just, it was Justin yeah. Wilson that yeah, yeah. Uh, was hit, hit by debris. Yeah. Yeah, so you need something. Don't I you? mean, the Dan Weldon accident was a complete sort of. It was a crazy one. Freak, but mm. that was down to track safety as well. Yeah. Freak accidents happen, though. That's the thing. That's that's yeah. the issue. Yeah, you you got to try and you know freak out. But I mean, would p- people watch a Formula? I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I do not watch Formula One to be a blood sport, and I've been I've obviously championed all the safety procedures and stuff. Would people watch a Formula One with absolutely no risk in it? I probably not. I wouldn't. Because there, I, like, there needs I, to be an element of risk. That's what makes it dangerous, and danger mm. is exciting. I don't. I, I think to take all the risk out of it, you'd basically have esports with real cars on the track. Yeah, wouldn't yeah. You? Yeah, 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 yeah. The drivers sat somewhere else. Yeah, and yeah, you would. I, I wouldn't watch that. Yeah, I mean, the, I, the acceptable level of risk is: are they going to bin it by making this pass? Yeah, you know that's fine. Well, look at Mantle and you know, Senna. You, you know, you know that nobody's going to get hurt, but it's still a risky move because they mm. could find they could find themselves in a wall with less wheels than they started with. Yeah, mm. but yeah. look at Matt Mantle. But able to get out and walk away. 
Mantle and Senna, was it 91 Spanish Grand Prix, side by side, sparks flying out of both the cars, didn't know who was going to go into that first corner in the lead. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's shown on most sort of montages of Formula, great moments of Formula One. Um, it was it was dangerous because if one of them had got it wrong, both of them could have ended up dead mm. you know, at that particular point. Um, but it was exciting. But if you if you knew for certain that nothing was going to happen and it was it wouldn't have been anywhere near as exciting as it was, and mm-hmm. that again you don't want to see people getting hurt. But seeing the fact that drivers are willing to to take risks like that does make it exciting. I've just invented the future of motorsport in my head. Oh, here we go again. No, it's not F zero. It's 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 on the way to F zero. Obviously, is it the is it the past? It's uh, driverless cars, not the robo racy cars. Yeah, but the uh, made to whatever fucking the craziest idea that the best engineer in the world can can think of. So we're talking like five or six hundred mile an hour vehicles that are raced by human pilots outside the car. In an esports situation, just like I said, I wouldn't watch on in a, on empty circuits because that, that speed is going to be dangerous for the spectators. Because we watch it in VR, uh, sat in one of the cars, sat, or sat in one of the cars, or sat in one of the grandstands in VR. So I'd go for the grandstand. I I get motion sickness when I'm um, playing that street loose. But game I can on the genuinely see that being a thing in the future, possibly. Um, it's it's quite I would say it's quite far in the future and there are a few steps Tw- by twenty thirty I could see that being a thing in the future mm, maybe um, yeah I think that's what's going to be that that's probably going to be the nail in the coffin for Formula One more than like Formula E or anything like that is what um, esports does I re I really genuinely think I I don't get wrong I know this takes the danger out of it but I'm thinking of the next generation I'm thinking of the Twitch generation that spend all their time watching people play video games anyway they're the heroes you know fucking Ninja is out in Senna these days um yeah I mean there was four and a half five thousand people in the Copper Box Arena in London this weekend watching the uh, Call of Duty World Series yeah well even i've noticed that still like the going into next gen consoles and like the racing games that are coming out now the ability to jump into esports is getting easier and easier and easier for people to do uh to the point where i've i've been really looking at sort of af- affordable um racing things yeah. you know like a a reasonable wheel a reasonable chair and stuff like that still take nine hours for each uh, Gran Turismo update to download well <laughs> some of us don't use playstations but um, but um, you just wait for the Apple console I would buy an Apple console um, but see that's the thing I wonder if that'll pacify the lack of danger aspect because all of a sudden even if I'm shit at esports but I do esports then you can appreciate what the pros are doing more. I think that might be the barrier that breaks that that breaks the sport wall down. Yeah. yeah, and if you watch if you're watching a race in um, in VR from an on car feed, then the risk factor is there. It's am I going to bath or not? I don't get I don't get motion sickness <laughs> in VR, but uh, yeah, it's it, it. I I can see. I don't I don't want that to be a thing, but I can I can really really see it being a thing. <laughs> All this is stemmed from what the calendar might be doing next year. Yeah. <laughs> 
tangent. Not only we're taking but, a tangent, we've done time travel. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But if it ends up like that, then you can have 365 races a year, can't you? Yeah. Because there's no travel costs. No, nope. exactly. Mm. All it needs is bandwidth, and that's getting cheaper. Shall we carry on with the news? Let's do that. And, uh, and, but the big thing is, everybody can go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If it's virtual, everyone can be at the race. Yeah, but Sky will hold the UK rights and will charge a fortune for Sky it. will be fucking long <laughs> dead by then. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, right, Chris, one thing you noticed earlier, Nick DeVries is now no longer a McLaren <clears throat> young driver. Well, yeah, he's F2 frontrunner and um, WEC LMP2 ace. Nick DeVries, as reported by Motorsport.com. No longer associated with McLaren. He's he's been there nine years? Is it nine years? That's a long time, yeah. He was entombed, for God's sake. Yeah, how long long is he? How old is he? He's about 26. He's about 26. He's Gary Paffett. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, he didn't want to become Gary Paffett, so he's now... Nobody wants to become Gary Paffett. No, so I wonder if that means either Nick DeVries has something else lined up um, in the future, or whether there's just you know McLaren don't have a seat for him and have you know the ne- the consecutive next three or four drivers they would want to bring through already in line. I want that on my tombstone. What's you, that? You either die young enough to become Ayrton or live long enough to become Gary Paffitt. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know who the McLaren reserve driver is going to be. Fernando Alonso. Yeah. For next year. For the rest of this season, if Nick DeVries was the reserve driver at the moment. Yeah, he's no longer associated with McLaren. So if McLaren yeah. officially don't have a reserve driver. But they do have an ambassador that's driven this year's car. Mm, yeah. yeah, so yeah, Fernando Alonso will become um, reserve driver for mm. McLaren for the rest of the year. Um, do you think they make a big announcement about that? No, no, it's just... Um, I, don't th- I don't think they will. Uh, it's just... It's, it's been announced that he's leaving Toyota... Um, it seems like free publicity, though, for McLaren, doesn't is, it? Is that, was that his last race at the weekend, Alonso's last? No, yeah. his last race is Le Mans. Le Mans is his last race in yeah. June. Which is, it, which is the end of the WEC super season, and that's, okay. when, that's when he's leaving Toyota. They're so, already champions. Can he, can he wrap the... Because they haven't wrapped the Drivers' Championship up. Drivers' Championship's still available. They have won the Constructors' Championship, um, but let's face it, they were going to anyway because all the other LMP1 cars on the grid... Are two two to five seconds yeah, a lap depending yeah, yeah, on the yeah. circuit behind them. But yeah. can he can he wrap the drivers up in Le Mans? Um, that's be a that's cool the last, way. That's, to leave. that's, that's the, the last season. race of the season. Oh, is it? So it doesn't carry on. No. Right. Okay. No. That that is it. Le Mans. Um, Le Mans last year was the first race, wasn't it? Because there's more WEC races after that, isn't there? Uh, not this not in this season. season. Not in this season. Oh right, because it suggested he was leaving early in his statement. No, he's he's leaving at the end of the season, which is Le Mans. Oh, and then Brendan Hartley's replaced. Brendan Hartley's replacing him for the twenty nineteen twenty twenty season. I fucking hate series that cross years. Yeah, I didn't say Siri. I didn't say Siri at all. I said series. He would so buy into Apple Racing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Certainly> <laughs> would. Yeah, no. What uh, what WEC have done? Because it it used to be um, the se- the season used to what run. WEC have done is fucked themselves over. Yeah, because WEC used to run from um, February till October, mm. and then they changed it from this from this season, running February twenty eighteen. Yeah. To June twenty nineteen, mm. and now it's going to run September to June every every year. Mm. 
with Le Mans as the last race. I wonder what the budgets of uh, the budgets of a WEC car are. A lot less than Formula One, I would imagine. Yeah, not the same as Formula One because and there isn't the like the, when you the look cars, at differences. It's not you know it's still a high spec series. The car, the cars, they usually run them for about two or three years. Mm. Yeah, because like seventies Formula One cars. Yeah, mm. like that. Uh, yeah, but you could you could argue that Formula One run the essentially same cars because they run the same spec series, don't they? For a chunk of time. Yeah, but not they don't bring out a new car every year. No, no, no. Like like they do in Formula One, and like you, you know. Well, in, that, there's there's a way to fix it. Well, what did I see in um, what did I see in something to do with the Lotus uh, this week? The Lotus seventy two was released in nineteen seventy, mm. and they didn't replace it until nineteen seventy five. Yeah, I know that. So <laughs> crazy, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, look at look at how long the Cosworth DFV was the de facto Formula One engine. Well, was... it was the, it was at the top end of its game in '67, I think, when it came in with the Lotus. Yeah, and it ran for until '85, I think, was the last race. But by then, it was a sort of back of the grid sort, heavily modified from what it was. But yeah, it was but back it, of the grid. But it, sort it was of... still a regular winner up it until was... the start of the Turbo era. Yeah, yeah, so '85, I think, was the last year they used the uh, the Cosworth DFV. So it did a good 18 years in the sport. <laughs> <laughs> But now, one one season for a chassis design and an engine. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. You know, if they were to put a complete freeze on developing new cars, you're right, it would bring the, it would bring the budgets down. I suppose the only, the only problem then is, is imagine, I mean, it doesn't matter because Mercedes have won anyway, so I suppose it, does, it, it doesn't matter too much. But if you get a car which is just completely dominant from Australia, do we all switch off and tune back in four years' time? Yeah, that's it. The development rate is something you know important to Formula One, isn't it? But um, going back to what we were saying about Nick DeVries, I think he's probably got a seat already lined up for next year. In Formula One? Yeah, or... Um, he's good enough? I don't, I, I don't, I don't th- think he is. I don't, think he'll be in a, I don't think he'll be in F1 next it, year. I think he's got a seat lined up somewhere for next year. That could be not elsewhere. Necessarily Formula F1, e. yeah. He looks like perfect Formula E driver. It doesn't... Could no, be. No, no, it doesn't he, seem like an obvious choice for McLaren to say, right, that's it, you're fired mm. at this point of the season. No, and, and also with him being McLaren's official reserve driver, for them only four races in the season to be like, okay, we've got no ties with you anymore. That to me says that he's signed for somebody else who has nothing to or, do with McLaren. Or he's, he's in the process of signing and part of that means he needs to not be a McLaren driver. Yeah. yeah. Also, the other, th- the other thing to bear in mind is um, he's the young driver, but He's older than one of their first team drivers. Yeah, he's older than both of them. Is, isn't he, old, he? is he older than Science? I think about twenty six. He will be. Yeah. Yeah. I think Science yeah, is twenty four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, the reserve driver when he's old, when he's older than both of those, and they've both got multi year deals, mm. they're going to be around for a while. There's a chance that he wouldn't even be considered for a seat until he's thirty. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. And these days, that is a bit too late to make your debut. I say that how many Toro Rosso drivers have we seen in the same in the same situation? You know, like when you've had driver parity in the top team for a while, like that's what that's where the meat grinder got its name from. Yeah, it's because Vettel and Weber were in that team for a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, talking of which, Danny Kvyat's been saying stop Friday sessions. Danny Kvyat's been saying publicly what's been rumoured that for a rumour that's been going around Formula One mm. for a while that we chatted about last week and what Leo already agreed with him on mm-hmm. that Friday sessions because the teams already know too much. He said there's absolutely no way that we lost FP one. Everybody lost FP one at um 
Baku. And it was fine. And everyone was fine. Mm. Nobody had any issues with running, um, you know, oh, we don't know this, we don't know that. The teams Mm. already know when they turn up. All they need to do is make sure that the tyres work as they thought they were going to. And then they can go racing. And he he was quite right in the way when he said the the only time we should ever need it is if it was a brand new circuit. Make it a rookie practice session. So any drivers who've not raced to that circuit Mm. before get the practice session. That's a very good idea. Yeah, or non-race drivers race on Mm. the, uh, or practice on the Friday in one session. Again. And then a practice session on Saturday, qualify and then race on Sunday. Because of all uh, like the testing regular, uh, testing lack of testing and stuff like that. All of these teams have invested heavily into simulator work. Yeah. So they might as well fucking use them. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, was it a couple of years ago when when uh, Giovinazzi helped... Was it Sauber with their... Um, Giovinazzi helped Sauber with their car setup, and um, the, they had no track time at all whatsoever during FP1 or FP2, he set the car up by working overnight in the simulator, set the car up for them, and they got one of the best results of the season. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't surprise me. Like, I mean, yeah, the, te- the technology is definitely there to do it all on the simulator, but as you say, it, it, just, comes, it just comes down to the tyres. I, like I like the idea of rookie and non-racing driver sessions. Yeah. So it seems like it seems reasonable. Because a guy who ran across the circuit in China a couple of years ago, he might get a go on a Friday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll hold off a couple of years for him to um, have a Sunday session because needs more practice. Yeah. So, you, so you'd be looking at circuit rookie, wouldn't it? That'd be it, the that'd be yeah. The, the if idea. you've not raced at the circuit before, yeah. then circuit rookie or test driver. Yeah, actual test drivers. You know what I mean? Not not drivers who are going to race in the race. Unless no, no. You've well, got, you, you mean you've got the young circuit. driver tests for that? Yeah, but I mean, no, but unless you've it's... not raced at the circuit before, as you're saying, mm-hmm. uh, then yes, you can do the, do the test. But the Friday tests. One session should just be for drive for test drivers. Oh, no, but you, to you test then you still then you still do but then you're still doing the session, aren't you? Yeah, but yeah, it, but it's not an interesting. It's about it's about familiarising the driver who's going to be racing around yeah. the track with the track. It's not about the teams learning anything. Mm. Now, of course, the teams will learn things because they get track time. They'll they'll make use of it. But that's an incentive for for them to have rookies in the car. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know if you could do away with Fridays altogether, but having one long session on the Saturday morning and then qualifying a bit later in the afternoon, you know, an hour later or something. You know, so, so what we now know as FP3, which is what, an hour long? Yeah. We make that an hour and a half, you know, or two hours maybe, and then put uh, put qualifying back an hour. That yeah. might make sense. All the, all the teams, Danny Kvyat's argument is all the teams need to know is that the tyres work at the circuit the way they thought they were going to work because all the setup can be done in the simulator yeah. and they go there with the setups already known they don't very rarely do they change the setups unless the weather changes well and basically they go is the simulator right don't they yeah, yeah. essentially uh, we had there's been correlation issues haven't there Williams last year had correlation issues between simulator and track yeah Mercedes for the first six races last year and Red Bull Mm-hmm. This year was it this year or last year? I can't remember. Red Bull have had correlation issues. I think that was another one last year. Yeah, between what the simulator said and what was actually happening on the track. But that, excuse me, I mean, they should be able to find that out within you know a two-hour Saturday session. Should be fine. Tires? Do they work as we thought they did? No, they don't. Well, okay. Well, everyone's in the same boat then, aren't they? You know, it's not just one team because we all use the same tyres. We're all in the same boat. If your tyres don't work as you think they're going to, well, tough shit. You've had two hours to work it out. 
same as everyone else. Qualify. Go. Mm. <laughs> I don't think that's a daft idea at all. No, I don't think it's a daft idea. It just seems a bit... I don't know if you could get rid of Friday sessions altogether, but if you did, that's how you do it, in my formula, Chris. <clears throat> but, of course, the other issue is something. some things would still need to happen on Friday because you've got the support series, qualifying and practice sessions. Yeah, because but you abolish can, you poor Super Cup. <laughs> but you've, you've still got F2 and F3. Yeah, yeah. And it's a question of there's only so much track time that you can have during the day. I'd argue if Formula 1 drivers don't only need one practice session, then the... Uh... Well, F2, F2, and, F2 and F3 only get one practice session and one qualifying so session. So you, you practice F2 first thing in the morning, you put the Formula, uh, Formula 1 cars out uh, after them, qualifying... Then you do the F two qualifying straight afterwards. Um, where do you fit F three in around all that? And the F and F two having two races. Because no, you, because if you, because if you if you if you bend off Fridays altogether and mm-hmm. a, a race weekend, you would ha- just you'd have Saturday. to organise the race weekends better. But the uh, but if the race weekend Saturday and Sunday, then think you get... about how many races are done on a MotoGP weekend. Yeah, you got Moto three, Moto two. Yeah, and a MotoGP weekend is three days. No, yeah, but you could you could fit these sessions in on the on the Sunday, on the Saturday Sunday. Yeah, I'm sure you could. You could work a way around. Mo- MotoGP has three classes. Yeah, no. Yeah, and they fit yeah. all those in around a three day weekend with practice and qualifying. Yeah, but I'm just saying, really I saying think you could, could do you could it. do it. Yeah. It's, it's it not impossible. Be, it would be, it would probably be a little bit too little bit too much. I'd argue you don't need F3. I'd argue that F three could could be its own thing, or they could use European Formula Three, and it would not only well that's not, been integrated now. Is it international yeah. Formula but, but Three? But you could cast off Formula Three then, and if if it would do anything, if you ran, um, let's say we do Lee's idea, and you put the F two F two cars out first first thing in the morning, you could even do it where you put the F car F two cars out first thing in the morning, they come back in, they go qualifying straight away. And then you do the same thing with Formula One. You have like a shakedown and then qualifying. Um, and what that would do, because all of a sudden F2, you haven't got F3, you run F2 exactly the same as Formula One, as in ran the fucking world with you, and it boosts the F2 brand as well. So you still need to have three F2 sessions on a Saturday, though? What? Well, where do you put, where do you put the No, two? you run the same championship. So where do you put the, where do you put the race? Sunday. You run, you run the same championship. So you get rid, you get rid of the sprint, yeah, yeah, you get rid yeah, of the sprint race. The right, sorry, you weren't making that clear. I said you run the same championship. <laughs> but you're the one that's arguing for an F1 sprint race as well. <laughs> no, I have done in the yeah. past. No, but what you do then is you like it would literally it would be a proper Formula One Junior Series F2, like a real Formula One Junior Series where people could get invested in it more. I don't think that's a bad idea for F2, to be honest mm. with you. Um, and F3 is not at every race, is it? No, I mean, it's the first race. Well, F2 isn't at every race. And I tell you what, I, I, bet, I bet the, the TV viewer figures for F2, F3 are rubbish. I bet you. Yeah, they probably are. So, don't forget what, you, what you're thinking of all these races that go on. Like, they used to have Porsche Super Cup as well. Well, still do. Yeah, but they only have a certain race, don't they? But, you know, the, uh, Bit that off is rubbish. Exactly. Yeah. So, that, so there's big gaps of time that doesn't need to be had. Yeah, I mean, get rid of the Porsche Super Cup would help. Yeah. 
Although back in the eighties, uh, back in the eighties, it was the truck racing. I'd have preferred to watch truck racing. <laughs> truck racing was good fun. Yeah. But didn't they? Didn't they have the British touring cars as a support race for British Formula One once? It was or the Euro- was it the European Grand Prix in Donington? The support race was the so British case. touring car round of Donington. Quite, quite Could possibly. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, it may have been then. Yeah, British touring car has supported Formula One in the past. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, I'll keep it keep it at the three day sessions and include other series in there. Giving other series like the touring the touring cars mm. chance to race on proper circuits with proper infrastructure. Nobody likes a multi band gig. It's called a festival. No, no. But do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's. I think the, if you were going to try and run two series championships, like and and do it in the way that. Oh I yeah, suggested. but it's not the same support. Ra- it's not the same support race every time. Oh right. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah. So, at uh, Silverstone, you'd get a round of British touring cars. Mm. I do um, think F2 should Hockenheim, be... At Hockenheim, you get a round of uh, DTM. Yeah, I do think F2 should be uh, go to every race. Yeah, I, I think, think you know, so. if, think you've you got, if you've got a real junior series, yeah. it yeah. doesn't make sense to skip races. Yeah, I mean, especially at the end of the season with the, what is it, five, six-week gap between yeah, the last yeah. two races. Yeah. It kind of, kind of, sort of all tails off and then, oh, look, it's happening again. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know got to the... wait for Abu Dhabi, haven't they? The, yeah. the last race in GP2. F, I still call it GP2 because F2 just sounds wrong. F2 for me is what they race over there in the stock cars. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. Not to not to keep batting around the same conversation, but the, like the general consensus here, without us realizing it, is Formula One needs a proper weekend shakeup. All of us are in favour of changing Formula One weekends in some way, shape, or form. So it's you know like subconsciously we're all a bit bored of the way Formula One if runs itself. If they keep itself. Friday sessions, then I want to see a sprint race on a Saturday. Mm. You could wrap. See, there you go. Get maybe getting rid of the if they want to keep it to three days, so they're still getting the tally revenue and stuff like that. You do keep keep the Friday session. You don't have the um, Saturday test to keep the cars off the track, and you have your sprint race. But you do like the last fifteen minutes of Friday test is qualifying. But then Kvyat's suggestion was based on the teams not having to get there on the Friday. Ah, uh, right. Okay, I thought for cost. Was, for I cost. I thought it was down to like component usage and stuff like that. But there's that as well, probably. But especially if they're going to be doing more races. As we Maybe he's just earlier. always late. Maybe he's really bad at keeping time. Maybe he's been told that he's going to miss some FP ones later in the mm. season. I also don't. I also don't believe anybody in the Red Bull driver program says anything of their own making. That usually these things have been dropped on them by Christian Horner. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe get rid of qualifying altogether and have a qualifying race. It still counts for points towards the World Championship in the grid on Sunday for yeah. the main race. Is the actual order that you finish in. So if you bin it in race mm. one. You start at the back of race two. Yeah. Yeah. From the gravel trap that you ended up in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I it's ju- like golf. <laughs> I've always enjoyed... Drive it where it lies. <laughs> I've always enjoyed reverse grid pole in GP2 as well. So you could do... You get that race for eighth. Yeah. So that when they, when they flip the flip the grid, then you know eighth is then first. For yeah, the- yeah. But you could do reverse grid, grid pole in Formula One, but from the last race... That's how you you would do one qualifying session a, a year. You would do a qualifying session in Australia, 
and then the the race results make the qualifying for the rest of the year. Um, but yeah, I I think a shakeup is is it would be a good thing for twenty twenty one for Formula One to feel, to do something different for feel fresh. Mm. Yeah, don't think don't think FOM are actually going to do that because they want the they want the entrance money for Fridays. Yeah, um, but if you, what would you rather? Would you rather the the gig tickets, or would you rather sell more merch and CDs over the course of the year? Depends how many people came to the gig. Yeah, <laughs> but do, do you know what I mean? Like you could. To me, it would make more sense for them to have eyes on telly. There should be more eyes on telly than there are bums on seats. So for, for me, if they could, if if they make something more exciting, it doesn't matter if about losing a day. Well, what they're doing should all be about how entertaining the race is. Yes, and none of the decisions about what happens on a Friday should be based on how many people come through the doors. It should be about how it affects how interesting the race is. Yeah, on you, the you could argue a lot of. A lot of thought about making qualifying more exciting has wasted energy because realistically, all qualifying is is just to get them in the order for what we want to see. Yeah, mm. which is why I think a qualifying race will make it yeah a no, lot no. a lot more interesting. Yeah, yeah, which counts as you say points towards the championship. Yeah, you get you get yeah. points, maybe, maybe only uh, half points. Mm-hmm. They'd have to rejig the points so it's all even numbers, but you get half half points for the qualifying race. And then you get your group position from there. Yeah. No, it seems it seems fucking reasonable, doesn't it? None of this is gonna happen. Twenty twenty one's gonna roll around. There's Just gonna put be us in charge. mild aero changes. The engines will be engines will stay the same. Teams will be going bust. Everybody will have the same brakes though. Yeah, everyone <laughs> everyone will have the same brakes and the same mirror glass. <laughs> <laughs> and Grosjean will still be kicking off. <laughs> I mean if if they are Applying, uh, if they are actually attracting tenders for brake supply, mm. is one of the tests that they've got to, the prospective supplier's got to do, create a brake system that Grosjean is happy with. No, because that's like an unreasonable condition. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Daniel, Daniel those... Ricciardo could probably do with some brakes he's happy with as well. <laughs> it's one of those exceptional, reverse gear perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's one of those uh, exceptional circumstances, isn't it? Grosjean being happy with brakes. So you know that if you make... You could, you could have stopped after being happy. Grosjean being happy with brakes. Because if he's happy with the brakes, you know that the rest of the grid are going to fucking hate them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're a bit keen. Yeah. Grosjean. Feel spongy. <laughs> right, so Spanish Grand Prix this weekend. Yes, at Barcelona, which is where they obviously do the pre-season test. So it's the second time that Formula One, these cars are going there, but first time they've been there to race. Mm. Mm. Because we all know what the Winter Championship is worth. Exactly. Everything mm. to Ferrari. Yeah, <laughs> it seems so. What do we reckon? Are we going to see another Mercedes 1-2, fifth in a row? Well, if if it, given how strong Ferrari were in testing in Spain, bearing, the te- bearing in mind the temperatures are going to be different. Yeah. Uh, if they can't get it right in Spain now, then they're not going to get it right over the season, I wouldn't have thought. Over the first half, at least. Yeah, but don't forget there's going to be a massive difference in the car that Mercedes is running this weekend compared to the ones that they're running in testing. No, because they brought a load of updates to uh, Baku, didn't they? They brought a, a chunk of their um, Spain updates. Yeah. yeah, they've already said... Yeah, but Mercedes are going to be running with all the sandbags taken out. But they've, they've already said that they're... That, 
they haven't got a lot of stuff to bring to Spain. Red Bull have said that their upgrades are going to be subtle. Yeah. Ferrari do have a they're, power... They're in the same boat. Yeah. Ferrari do have a powertrain upgrade, mm -hmm. um, but as to whether or not that'll be, you know, whether it's reliability or performance, mm. who knows. Mm. Even Ferrari brought Spain bits to Baku, I think. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think they uh, they brought a couple of things, but obviously they've got... Um, they'd already brought the control electronics in two races mm. early. There's a, there's a minor upgrade to suspension, I believe, front suspension mm. for Ferrari, which may be something to do with the tyres not being switched on, as we were talking about earlier, about Ferrari not being able to get the tyres up mm. to temperature. That may be a suspension issue, so we'll see. Uh, I expect to see big gains from uh, Force India. In Spain. Yeah. Racing point. I know. No, no, do you know what? I even knew before I said it. Because it's a daft name. <laughs> Racing Point. Yeah. Whereas Force India is a really sensible name. Only just more sensible. <laughs> yeah. Racing Point. I just I can't get used to it. No, I don't like it. Um, Has have been pretty quiet on the on the upgrade front. Yeah, for I haven't told them yet. <laughs> um, extra can of rich energy per driver. That's probably about all. Probably about all they've got at the moment. If um, if Ferrari aren't giving them anything, we usually see Haas starting well, don't we? Mm. And then they sort of drift off a little bit. And no, 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 no. We usually see K Mag starting well, and then Haas ah. drift off a little bit. Yeah. But they they were they looked really good in testing. That's uh, yeah. fucked. We have similar to Ferrari. It's that 0.3 gap, isn't it, from fourth to ninth? Mm. We were talking about before, but it's uh, we don't quite know where Haas is sitting on that spectrum. Um, I wouldn't say that they're fourth. No, I wouldn't say they're fourth. But they're not as bad as Renault at the moment. I'd, I'd argue that Renault and McLaren are what what you would consider fourth at the moment. Ren uh, Renault and McLaren? What? Well, yeah. Mm, Renault are the ninth fastest car at the moment. No, no, but an when they can actually get a weekend together. Right. Do you know what I mean? I think they've actually got the machinery there. We 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 only saw that in China, though. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think I think the car is there to be the fourth fastest car, Thanks. but they need to make it work. Hulk was best of the rest in China, wasn't he? Yeah, so. it's a say. It's like Ferrari, isn't it? We know they've got machinery to match or beat Mercedes, but they don't seem to be able to get it right. Yeah. Um, I don't know about fourth. I think racing, as you say before, I think racing point probably very slowly just edging their way towards that fourth place. Mm. McLaren are there on points at the moment. Uh, I think McLaren are going to keep it. Yeah, I think they have quietly mm. crept up the midfield without us really noticing. Yeah, um, and also I put more faith in McLaren developing their way through the season than I would like Racing Point or mm. Renault. Racing Point historically have been pretty good at yep. developing through With the no season. money as well. Yeah, yeah. But Ra well, race, Racing Point usually get it together round, round about sort of Silverstone. And then have a storm in second half yeah. of the yeah. season, yeah. I think the thing you've got to remember is, though, and it, this is only if they've got this shit together, you know, it's, and it's not just an accident, but um, McLaren are the sleeping giant on the grid, aren't they? Yeah. You know, if, if they can get their stuff together, they're a fucking juggernaut of Formula 1. Yeah, whereas Toro Rosso running that, that, that Honda engine and, you know, Albon looking quite good, Kvyat occasionally looking pretty good, um, are actually scoring fewer points than the rest of their midfield rivals. They're, they're only scored, I think, four points so far this year. So 
you know, Honda upgrade that they had at the Red Bull at the last race might find did it find its way into Toro Rosso at Baku or is it going to find its way in, in, in Spain because I, th- I think it'll I think it'll be Spain I don't think Toro Rosso had it the the, they pa- could do the, pace, the pace that they had was based on what yeah. they started the season with because they could do with it because I think I think you know Alpha uh, Hassan we were just talking about then um, McLaren I think that they're all going to start improving from this point onwards and um, you really need to be a bit any team basically in that really tight midfield pack can't afford to fall behind now and if anything if anything if any of the teams bring something to spain and it doesn't work it's gonna be quite difficult for them to catch up for the rest of the season they'll find themselves languishing should we say eighth ninth place maybe which is not where they want to be they want to be fighting for any of those teams could be fighting for fourth or fifth i mean you think i mean it, it is it is the tightest season that we've seen outside Mid- the top three in a long time we've, midfield wise we've, we've yeah. got we've got six teams going for fourth Capable of going for fourth place. Wouldn't it be great? Yes. Wouldn't it be great if we got a six Formula teams, 1 season like that one day? Six teams that yeah. are capable of it. I'm not saying they are all managing it, but they should be capable of it. Yes, mm. yeah. Six, it's a fair, fair thing to say. I was just thinking about it as you said it. I was like, six? Yeah. Yeah, six is fair. Just, I, I think uh, Racing Point getting fourth in the championship is all going to rely purely on Lance Stroll. Getting himself together. Hmm. He struggled to get his feet under the table, hasn't he, at Racing Point, even though his, you know, his dad... He struggled to get his feet under the table in Formula One. Mm. Certain races, he's had certain races where he got fucking hell, actually, he might be a decent driver. Yeah, I mean, he put Sorokin away quite comfortably, didn't he, in um, their season together at Williams. Do you know what? He needs, to learn Williams. he needs to learn how to qualify. Yeah, you're probably right. Eight races out in FP1, mm. um, Q1. Yeah, it's not ideal. Yeah. Not not when your teammate is... Sergio Perez. He is, yeah. And does pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Although, having said that, Lance Stroll did have a fairly strong Baku, didn't he? And came through to finishing the points. Mm. So, but he's been good. He's been good in Baku before. He has, but he needs to be better on the rest of the calendar. Do you think Perez has ever got a chance of being in a, a top team? Allegedly, he turned down Ferrari to join McLaren in yeah, twenty me too. thirteen. Um. <laughs> you know when he had that year at McLaren yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, he, he left the Ferrari Young Driver program to yeah. join McLaren well, Yeah, he, t- he, he had a chance of joining Ferrari apparently and turned them down to join McLaren um, I think that was probably a sensible choice that year wasn't it maybe Who was, it was Alonso Massa was it 2013 yeah he'd have been massed. Yeah, so Massa would have been moved on mm. to Williams a season early yeah uh, I'm not sure because if he'd have, if, I think if, 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 if the top teams weren't full already, but then, he, he yeah. fucked himself in in McLaren, didn't he? I don't think he ingratiated himself very well to the team, and I think and he was shit. Yeah, and he tarnished his rep, he tarnished his reputation pretty massively. Yeah. So, but if he'd have gone to Formula One, if he'd gone, to, if he'd gone to Ferrari, and known he was going to be Alonso's junior driver, so that's what he had to do then maybe he wouldn't have had the issues that he had in McLaren. Quite possibly, yeah. Yeah, but I think when he went to McLaren, it was pretty much nailed on that he was going to be Jansen Button's number two. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right, but I just, I, th- I, d- I don't think he took it very well, did he? No, I mean, but, that's that's why he only lasted one season. It's, yeah. it's rare for McLaren to been a driver after one season. Absolutely. I mean, I know Alonso left first time, but that was that was, yeah, was his decision, yeah, yeah, and he, yeah. he bought himself yeah. out. Even Kovalainen got two seasons. Yeah, but I mean, you look at. I can't think of another McLaren driver 
that only lasted one season apart from Michael Andretti. Didn't even last a full season. And he, he didn't. He didn't last yeah. a season. Mansell didn't last a full season. Well, K Mag only got one, didn't he? K Mag did only get yeah. one. He did. Yes, yes, good yeah. point. Yeah, Magnus. Well, one on a race. One one yeah. season and one Hass, race. Yeah. Hass is the first team that he's ever had two seasons in, isn't it? Yeah. No. Yes, it is. Yeah. Mm. But, right. What do we think for predictions then? Shall I? Uh, shall I do the people what aren't here first? Yeah, yeah. do them first. Yeah. Right. Okay, um, thinking for. Uh, Barcelona predictions mm. can be tough. We it always is. But. We will start with this week's guest predictor, which is one of our longest, shall we say, longest serving listeners. Yeah. Well, I yeah. I suppose we should say longest serving. Well, as, I, as I he's can, in the services. I would this say is a, enduring listeners. This is episode two hundred two, and I think he's been with us since episode o two at least, pretty yeah. possibly o one. Yeah. Um. So this week's guest predictor is Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hi, Hello, mate. Michael. Long-time listener, first-time predictor, but not the first time he's got in touch with us. No, no. <laughs> today. <laughs> he is going for a Bottas win, Okay. Hamilton second, and Leclerc third. I don't think that's a stupid prediction. I think it's a very good prediction. It's what, a safe what, prediction. What is, what is, sorry, what was that? Bottas, uh, Hamilton, Leclerc. No, because Leclerc's not going to be allowed to come third. <laughs> at some point... Vettel is going to spin himself off the circuit. That's why Ferrari have guns. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sean has gone for Hamilton win, look like second, and Bottas third. Again. <laughs> you, you've got to take into account the Vettel going backwards. You've also got to take into account Ferrari getting a massive big horse-shaped dildo and doing themselves race by race. <laughs> However, remember that uh, Mercedes have form in Spain. Well, Rosberg when, when had form When in there's Spain. two drivers going for a championship. Yeah. That Ro- Rosberg chose the wrong gear coming out of the I, corner. I, would, yeah. I will also point out that this is, um, this is where Bottas checks out, and then he has a good race in Russia, and then he checks out again for the rest of the season. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think he's on a charge then? I, I think he's exactly where he would have been last year if he hadn't had bad luck. I think this Spanish Grand Prix, um, we are going to see the Mercedes 1-2 long run broken, but I think they'll get a 1-3. So I'm going to say Hamilton win, Verstappen second, Bottas third. Okay. Who's who's up next? It's it's tough. It's tough this season. Um Well if you look but, back for the first look back for the first four races, it's not actually been tough when you see that it's been the same two drivers on the top two steps of the podium. <laughs> <every race>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remarkably yeah, the, easy. Read at least at least two of those races that Mercedes did not deserve to win. Bahrain. Bahrain, definitely. It was all right. <laughs> Sorry, that was one of yours. <laughs> Even I wouldn't go that low. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, uh, barring, so, barring any bad luck, oh, that's how that's you do one it. Of yours. <laughs> I reckon we're going to have like Vettel leading on the last lap, but it's still going to be Bottas first, Hamilton second. <sighs> you think Bottas is going to put Hamilton away again? Maybe. It's possible. 
I don't think it's it, impossible. It, put it yeah, that it's, way. It's crazy. not impossible. Crazy. He does seem to have something different this year. Mm-hmm. An accelerator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> his, his, he, his tire didn't blow up. He, he's got a bit of confidence. He's got his head together. Mm-hmm. It's a combination of beard and porridge. And, I will yeah. also point out that Bottas doesn't do well with rumours kicking about and the Max Verstappen rumours have just started. Dan is you, thinking. You're, 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 <laughs> o- you're only trying to dissuade me from this because you're scared of me winning the <laughs> oh, points. absolutely. Lee, I am looking above your head and your square-headed cardboard Valtteri Bottas has fallen over in disgust. It's a sign. Yeah. <laughs> Bottas, Hamilton, Verstappen. Even though Vettel, Vettel will be leading at the start of the last lap. Yeah. Okay. Lee? Vettel, Hamilton, Leclerc. Because Ferrari will be the quickest team uh, in uh, Barcelona. Uh, they will have a 1-2. They will lock the front row out in qualifying. They will have no fucking idea what to do with this. And they will pit Leclerc on a stupid lap again. Which <laughs> lap will, two. Yeah, which will allow Hamilton to be second. <laughs> I, I think this could be a revert. Yeah, Kibitza will pit for new tyres and Ferrari will be like, Schalt, we're pitting you to cover off Kibitza. Off. He'll be pitting in Baku. Yeah, I think this could be the reverse of what we saw with Mercedes in 2016. And I think we could have the two Ferraris having a little bit of a tangle. I think think that's going to happen at some point this season. It will happen this season. It's not maybe not leading, Mm. uh, maybe both chasing Hamilton or something like that. But I think they might have just a little bit of a... No, in true Ferrari form, I think the first time both Ferraris hit each other, Monza. Oh, it could be. But the... um, the, the the threat perhaps of of, of Verstappen because um, I know he, he won his first race didn't he in that infamous 2016 mm-hmm. Mercedes crashed race uh, his his first race at Red Bull but he's been pretty handy there the two years since as well yeah but I don't that's not the same Red Bull that we used to see him that's not the same Red Bull that we get to a chassis dependent circuit and expect them to be able to win that's just that's the Red Bull that gets to a no, chassis dependent circuit no really only won that race because the two Mercedes decided to bin each other off no no but it, it has been a thing in the past hasn't it where the Red Bulls have come to circuits which have like got the like, high downforce corners and stuff like that we've always thought like it's always been my thing that especially if you get a Red Bull in fourth for instance on the grid it's worth a fiver yeah. It's worth a punt, but I don't. I don't think they're worth a punt right now. I do, and that's why I'm um, going for a Hamilton win, Bottas second, and Verstappen third. Mm. Fair enough. Because I, I think Max has got what it got what it takes. He can get more out of the car, certainly in Spain, than you'd expect him to. Yeah, it's crazy though, isn't it? The fact that we've yeah, he's got a teammate in exactly the same car, yeah, and does. we just discount Gasly. Yeah, yeah, completely. We've not yeah. even said he's going to get him yet, have we? Um, is that the same you are the same as me there then um, Hamilton Verstappen Bottas no I've got Hamilton Bottas Verstappen oh right okay sorry I, th- I think the 1-2 run is going to carry on okay and you will all be getting messages now because the only thing I've had to write this down on is yep. our Facebook message thread I hope just, so just to, just, to pro- just to prove that I'm not uh, I'm not cheating either mm. Um, obviously, you can join in on the predictions as well. We've got our prediction league going on the on the website. We, just we have, and it's very, very uh, tight at the top. Tight at the top. There is only two points between the top three. Yes. 
same rules as us. Three points for getting the driver in the right place in the top three. One point for getting the driver in the top three in the wrong place. But you've also got um, the choice of fastest lap and pole position as well. There is somebody mm. who keeps... I don't know if you've spotted this person. I can't remember their, their username on the championship. But there's somebody who keeps putting Kubica mm. down for everything... Cubits for fastest lap, Cubits for pole, Cubits for the win, and then two other people second and third. <laughs> Without looking, I've got a feeling I know it could be. And there, is, there is a couple of suspects and regular tweeters that spring to mind. Dave Roebuck. <laughs> yes, let's shunt it. Let's get one, actually. You haven't got a shunt? After all. Well, I was talking, wasn't I? I was, I was wising you all up. That's what you want to call it. <laughs> I will. I revert you to Dan's previous comment of "That's what Lee said last year." Sorry. Dan is a beacon of my truth. <laughs> Even a stopped clock. <laughs> <laughs> Even a stopped clock guesses Williams right every time. And you have put Alonso in about eight teams for next year. So you're Ferrari. Gonna... He's going to be in a Ferrari. And McLaren. No, I'm <laughs> pretty sure he's had Red Bull at one point. No, and Red Bull. Oh, Red Bull is a chance, but for the, uh, the he won't be back in McLaren because McLaren can't win a championship yet. Yet, right, so Ferrari or Red Bull. If he's not in a Ferrari or Red Bull by Australia next year, we get to say Lee was wrong. Oh, I'm wrong. Oh, Lee's wrong, but I'm, I'm wrong. But he's he's also time. hedging his bets by just yeah. saying everything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's be honest here. We do talk about more things I get right than things I get wrong. Especially with Williams. Yeah. I, I, you look, haven't heard the full edited versions of these shows, have you? A, well, in, in these four walls, they know the truth. But, um, but, but it can't get out because you blind them with tinfoil. Well, this is true. But um, Let's shunt. I'm like, I'm like Eddie Jordan, essentially. He does what, say a twat? Yeah, oh, <laughs> fucking undoubtedly. He does say stuff, and it sounds crazy. Oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 and then Lewis Hamilton goes to Mercedes. Kind of looks like your real hair. Actually, a twat and a shit drummer. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was a rug. What? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I don't listen to you. Um, Who sent this one in, Lee? This is in from Red. Red, Red, Red Bennett? It, it just says Red. Red uh, Bennett, long-time long listener as yeah. well. Uh, if it gonna, is Red Bennett. I was going to read his Twitter handle out then, but I'm not uh, I'm not going to. Okay. Because he might not want me to. Fair enough. <laughs> um, uh, what am I doing? Right. I was born. This is the correct way to start Total Shunt. In 1953. So, so that's an older one. Yes. Hmm. So of the years, Dan. Yes, <laughs> six. Right, six older year. Sixty-six this year. Sixty-six. Yeah, yeah. I won the European Super Z series V series in nineteen seventy-seven. Super V. Yeah, V double E. Okay, in nineteen seventy-seven. But I now want a Super Lee series. <laughs> All right. Okay. I don't think I. Don't think I even know what that is. It sounds sports carry. Does a bit. Yeah. I raced in the US base uh, ra uh, international race of champions. I take that is IROC. IROC, yeah. yeah. Uh, series three, series three times in the nineties. 
I didn't even know the race of champions had gone that long. Oh yeah, yeah, it's been on for since seventies, is it? Oh really? yeah, it's been it's been kicking around for a long time. I, I only I only came across it when it when they started using like the buggy things in mm. stadiums. Yeah, it but, used to be all uh, rally drivers, didn't it? Yeah, so it was like just one big super stage. Oh, right. But the uh, so we're looking at somebody who's who, who raced for America in the nineties, possibly, possibly, or did the American series of IROC in the nineties. American series of the international race of champions sounds like, a very like the world <laughs> series. Yeah, exactly. At least that has two teams in from Canada. I would like a wild stab in the dark, please. <laughs> um, how old Andretti Senior? He's older than that now, isn't he? Yeah. Sixty-six, much older. And if it was well, Super V Series in seventy-seven, Andretti. Yeah, he was Formula One by then. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Um, could be Marco. No, probably too, probably too young for Marco. Could be Michael. But after a Michael, shit. what Andretti? Yeah. Twenty. No, racing in seventy-seven. But then again, born in fifty-three. Yeah, exactly. Um, wasn't wasn't Mario Andretti only born in the Second World War? <laughs> <laughs> This is good, this, because I don't know who it is. I can't even give it away because I can't see it at the bottom of the page. It could be an Andretti, Andretti brother. Should we go Luigi? Hel- <laughs> <laughs> Helmut Marco's older than 66 as well, isn't he? I don't think he is. Is he not? No. Should we go Helmut Marco. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, on, that's we'll go Helmut Marco. I have overall wins in the 12 hours of Sebring and the 24 hours of Daytona. Again, endurance races that I pay no attention to. Yeah. I think Helmut Marko was uh, more of a rally driver, wasn't he? So I think we're definitely looking at somebody sport, very sports car Yeah. My son, also a racer, was the star in one season of The Bachelor, a programme I have never heard of. Please continue. I think that's the one where they have people making soup out of a packet. And the one, <laughs> and the one that makes pasta and sauce gets eliminated. <laughs> the only other racing driver that I know has got anything to do with the name Bachelor was John Bachelor, who used to race in BTCC, mm-hmm. bought York City Football Club, and one year for sponsorship reasons changed his surname to Top Gear. Mm. When Top Gear magazine was sponsoring him, and the following year changed his surname to B and Q. Died of alcohol poisoning. Oh dear. I won a number of feeder series titles in my home country before moving to the US for for good in 1985. So mm. not for evil. So not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't move to the US for bad reasons. He moved, I for, moved for good. For good. Yeah. So not NASCAR then. <laughs> So somebody who's clearly not American then. Um, um, just trying to think of the sort of possible IndyCar races around about the time that Mansell went into it in 93 because there was a lot of, there was a fair few um, European and South American what drivers What year there. did you say you moved to America? 85. Uh, yeah. Dan's got his thinking cap on. I was just wondering about Tommy Byrne. Yeah, the uh, 
He sounds like a comic book character. <laughs> or was a he a European rider. champion before? I think he would have moved there a bit later. Because hmm. he, he tested for McLaren the same time that Senna did, didn't he? Did he? How old is Emerson Fittipaldi? Don't know, but Fittipaldi would have been Formula 177, wouldn't he? Yeah, he probably would, actually. Yeah, he would have been... That means that Fittipaldi would have been 19 when he won his first world championship. Don't think that was the case. Fittipaldi's got to be in his 70s then. I think Tommy Burns probably a good call. And it is a guess question, isn't it? It is, yeah. Let's go Tommy Byrne. Why not? Yeah. My first Indy 500 win was the same day as Senna's, Monaco, Senna's third Monaco win. Not Tommy Byrne. So we need to know who won uh, the 1980... Or 1990. 1990 Indy 500? Could be Paul Tracy because he's Canadian. Was he the one that got off the island? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Senna won six Monaco's, didn't he? He was leading in '88 when he crashed. That wasn't that wasn't the, one of his wins. Uh, definitely won in '90. I think he won '93. I think he won ni- definitely won '92 and '91. So, yeah, third would have been 90, possibly, even maybe 89. So we're looking at an Indy 500 winner from 89, 90. Yeah, Paul Tracy's around that time. Yeah? Yeah. All right, well, I don't... Yeah, go Paul Tracy-ish for now, possibly, maybe, we'll see. Currently, I spend my time as a race steward for the IndyCar series. Not Paul Tracy, because he's a commentator for the IndyCar series. Ooh, uh, Ari Leyendijk. Dutch, obviously. That's, I was going to say, that sounds like a question. My second Indy 500 win was in 1997 under controversial circumstances. Hmm. So that would be the year after Jacques. Yeah, Jacques Villeneuve. What? No, no, no. He, didn't, he was 96. Jacques Villeneuve was already in Formula 1. So, yes, he was. So 95 would have been his Indy Yeah, 95 was win. his last one, wasn't it? Did he win 95? Was it 94 he won the Indy 500? I know he won the title in 95. If you don't know this, yeah. the last I'll question is going to torture you. Uh, yeah, I'm still thinking possibly Ari Leyendijk. Okay. The last corner of Zand... Is it Zandvoort? Zandvoort. 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 We were only talking about it earlier. Yeah. Um, I didn't know anyone pronounced it right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is named after me. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, makes it's, sense. It's, yeah, named Dutch. after a Dutch driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Paul might might have this. Is that the last clue? Is that the last clue? Mm-hmm. Is there a spaffer? No, there isn't. Should we go for it? Let's. Yeah. Are you Ari Leyendijk? I am. Yes. <laughs> Good oh! work, Paul. Good one. I, I'd never heard of him. Never heard of him at all. Fantastic IndyCar driver. I mean, I'm to be perfectly honest, my little dyslexic brain couldn't even read a surname. <laughs> I was going to say, there was, there's possibly a lot, bit too much Dutch in there for you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go 
That was uh, that was a great one. Thank you very much for that, Red. That's a very Thank good you. one. We enjoyed yeah, that. Cheers, mate. How do you uh, get a total shunt in? PM me on Twitter and tell me one. Give me the questions. And what? your Twitter handle is? At a total shunt. And the rest of us are? At flood21. At Dan Dankleton. At Pablo100. Uh, Sean is at Sean Cowper. And you can get the show at Three Legs, Four Wheels. Uh, quick plug for the Patreon before we do Formula Lee. Um, interesting show this week, to say the least. A bit. Yes. Mm. Um, extra show that we do every week with um, non-Formula One stuff and the occasional exclusive on there. Occasional. Occasional. Might be one in five weeks. But I'm still Which done. we still don't know Which about. Which you still don't know about. And I'm enjoying the <laughs> fact that you don't know about because it, it's something that hasn't happened yet and I'm hoping will happen mm. for five weeks' time. That's all I can if say. If you're into line dancing and disgraced rock stars, this might be the podcast for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you Niche get... market. Yeah. <laughs> I think all four of us are in this room. Um, you can get that for as little as $1 a month, and you can subscribe by going to patreon.com slash three legs, four wheels. And thank you. We do love everybody who uh, subscribes on Patreon because it keeps us uh, in in check for microphones like this one that I'm talking into right now. Apparently so. And the one that's in a box over there that Lee still hasn't sent back. Wow. That needs repairing. Because, yeah. some, because, <laughs> because because somebody at the microphone factory repaired the same one twice by accident. Yes, he did. <laughs> um, right, Formula Lee update. Uh, just as a reminder, it is Spain and it is in the wet and it's in a McLaren because why not? Okay, I'm getting nothing from anybody else in this room. No, no, no I don't no. do Formula Lee. No, it, I don't. If you say in the wet, I turn off. <laughs> you usually don't get much choice Your back end faces forward Your front end faces backwards And you have turned off I did yep. just pick up my fifth Drivers championship In the uh, in the career mode though Picked up my fifth drivers championship And won my first constructors Very good mm. Who's your teammate? Uh, Alonso Very of nice Of course Got a new game, new game out in uh, about seven weeks. Have you yeah, seen we the graphics? Have a chat. We yeah, well, the graphics are the same. The lighting model's different. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, the, the graphics look... The lighting model, the reflecting mm. of the lights from on the car and the driver's helmets from uh, Night Race in Bahrain. Mm. GP2 in it this year. They look very... Yeah, look, they look mm. very different to... You know, and a lot more realistic. Mm. Um, 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 uh, I'm looking forward to it when it actually, comes out. Actually, if or, or if Codemasters are listening to to this, I'm looking forward to seeing it before it comes out. Hint, yeah, the advanced yeah, copy that we that we ask happen. for every year. Yeah. The uh, if if any uh, Formula Lee's guys are interested in it, I had a really good chat about it on yesterday's Hot Lap podcast. So go download that, and I go into the details of all the new bits. Right, we will be back next week, um, wrapping up the Spanish Grand Prix. Looking forward to the testing session, and we've got Craig Scarborough in two weeks' time, as, mm. we, as we all found out at the same time tonight when he sent me a tweet. Yes. Um, until then, we'll see you soon. Bye bye. Bye bye. 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 bye.